Hello, welcome to the Play Cube Gamecast. I'm your host, Chase. I'm your host, Jimmy. And today we are talking about the one and only... <laughs> the one and only uh, famous rockin'... Okay, we're gonna start over. Okay. We are talking about the one and only Beatles documentary that is currently on out on Disney+. Plus. Directed by Peter Jackson, who you may remember directed the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So, the Beatles, if you aren't aware, was a major supergroup that was formed in the late 50s and became a worldwide phenomenon in just a decade. Yes, uh, from 1964 to 1970, they were pretty much the number one uh, group on the planet, like... The world practically revolved around them. They influenced the culture of the time. They were pretty much top-tier rock gods of their era. You might have heard a few of their songs, like Yesterday, All I Need Is Love. All You Need Is Love. All You Need Is Love. <laughs> um, Eleanor Rigby. The Long and Winding Road. Uh, Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds. Help. And <laughs> Lady Madonna. Okay, we're going to stop, stop, okay. stop. Okay, so, and now we're just leading up to the 1969, uh, we are on the precipice of them breaking up. Yes, tensions are high. Um, George Harrison is frustrated because he has all these songs and he's only allotted two to three songs per Beatles album. He has all these songs that his band members keep uh, rejecting and turning down, and you see the tensions really come to a head. John is really obsessed with Yoko by this point, his wife, Yoko Ono. He can't give the band his full attention. Paul McCartney is trying to hold everything together, and Ringo just wants to play his drums. I'm pretty sure at some point during this whole eight-hour documentary, you could tell John Lennon was just getting off heroin. Oh, yeah. Because at this time, he had a well-known heroin addiction. Very much so, and like you can tell that he's kind of spaced out at certain points, or just not all... They're interested. And that's why Paul McCartney's trying to keep everything held together by duct tapes and dreams. Yes. Like, Paul McCartney really wanted to keep the Beatles going at this point, and everyone else was just kind of so frustrated. They weren't getting any fulfillment out of being the Beatles anymore, I don't think. Yeah, because beforehand, they were just all out. They were doing the psychedelic stuff of like, the Yellow Submarine. Mm-hmm. Magical Mystery Tour and Sgt. Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> They had some crazy songs. Oh, yeah. They have a song about a yellow submarine and a song about an octopus. I am the walrus, cuckoo-cachoo. Indeed. <laughs> cuckoo-cachoo, indeed. <laughs> huh. But, okay, so by this time in their career, it's January 1969, and they thought, well, we've done enough of the whole psychedelic thing. We really want to get back to our basics, back to our roots, hence the name Get Back. Now, they decide that they're going to actually record themselves rehearsing and creating an album from scratch, and that's going to be their next release. What they don't realize is they're about to break up, and in some ways they're actually recording their own breakup on film. Now, the director of this, the person I forgot the name of... Michael Lindsay Hogg. Michael Lindsay Hogg. He had set up secret cameras, Mm -hmm. hidden mics... Everything just to catch these guys in about 60 hours of raw footage. Yes, and these conversations are really neat to hear. I mean, these are conversations we didn't even think existed till this documentary came back out. And Peter Jackson somehow managed to scrape together 
eight hours of a cohesive documentary together. And it really doesn't lull in places. You don't get bored, really. It's interesting to watch, and it's fascinating to watch Get Back be literally made from scratch and formed into a cohesive song. All right, now I have to admit to this, I was playing my Switch most of the time. That's fair. If you're not a hardcore Beatles fan, which I gotta admit, I'm probably a little biased because I grew up on the Beatles, but... Even if you're not a Beatles fan, I think you'll enjoy this. But for those of you that aren't really into rock and roll or classic rock or the Beatles for that matter, I can see why you might not you might want to pass this up or you might not be as interested. Yeah, I'm a pretty casual Beatles fan. Like mm-hmm. I'll recognize their songs. I will sing along to a couple I like. Hey Jude. Yeah, yeah. But I never really dive deep into their discography. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm a hardcore fan, so I admit I am a little biased, but I thoroughly enjoyed this. And, I mean, even for a casual Beatles fan, you gotta admit it was enjoyable, and he made it to where it was watchable, and you weren't like, what are they doing now? Hell, just in this room, I see a Let It Be bus by the Beatles. Yeah. Still in the original package. To be fair, I just got that. Okay. (laughs) And... It's not 50 years old, it's brand new, but anyway. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and a John Lennon poster on the wall. Oh, shit, that's John Lennon? Yeah. I thought that was just some dude. That's from the 70s. Yeah, and Elvis is behind you, and Janis Joplin's right there. I kind of figured Elvis would have a huge influence. I see a little statue figuring. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a boomer's paradise in here. Oh, God. <laughs> no wonder you didn't recognize the offspring. Oh, boy. Okay. Her, her. So back on track. Back to... Get the, back. Get back. Let's get back to get back. One of the best things I've enjoyed about watching this whole eight-hour documentary was the evolution of songs and how it took to get there. Yes, and I, that's something that I don't think artists do enough of these days. Like, people are very interested in the creative process and, like, uh, how thing get, how an idea... How something starts off as an idea and then just balloons from that. Yeah, because... They had a pitch shot of, like, someone complaining, like, some politician complaining about Palestinians invading Britain. And so that's how Get Back came to play. Like, some Palestinian <laughs> dude, get back. Get back to where you, you want to belong. And just kind of evolved to JoJo in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, while we're talking about the group right now, so for those of you that don't know, the members of the Beatles are, the main songwriters are John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Their lead guitar player is George Harrison, and the drummer is Ringo Starr. Now, up to this point, George Harrison really hasn't had a, been a really huge songwriter, and he doesn't have a lot of songs on their albums. He usually gets like one or two. But now he's really starting to come into his own with songwriting. He wants to be his own artist, and he wants to get these songs that he's written out. And there lies his big frustration with the band at this point. He's only allotted two to three songs per album, and he's got like 30 songs that he's written that he wants to get out. Damn. Yeah, so you can see why he'd be frustrated. And McCartney, Paul McCartney, can be kind of over-domineering and a bit bossy. And like, <laughs> Paul McCartney and Lennon? Paul McCartney especially. Okay. But yeah, like... When he, Paul McCartney writes a song, he already has a vision of how he wants it to sound. So when George tries to write his own thing to add to the song, he's like, no, no, I want you to play it like this. Well, George doesn't like that, and that causes tensions to rise. Yeah, I feel like this band would have been held a lot better together if they communicated more, yeah? 
Yeah, communication was a problem, and I also think that if they had just been able to go off and do their solo stuff on the side and still do the Beatles, the Beatles could have gone on. But I don't think any of them at the time had that idea, or maybe even wanted to keep it together. Maybe they were just done by this point. (laughs) I mean, after on, you had what Yoko and John Lennon did on their own. You had Paul McCartney Mm -hmm. dive off to the wings. Yeah. George Harrison did George Harrison. All Things Must Pass. And then Ringo did his own thing. I don't even know what Ringo did, but he's still alive. Ringo uh, wound up being an actor after this and did several bad movies in the 70s. <laughs> well, shit. None of them that I can think of or remember. So, But he did marry a James Bond girl. Uh, at the start of this documentary, location-wise, they start off in this huge warehouse. Called Twickenham Film Studios. Where you realize there's a lot of open space. Just not really creative in that moment. And the acoustics, I'm sure, were terrible. Yeah, because they're just sitting on the ground in like a giant warehouse, just being like, hey, this kind of goes. Works. Maybe. Let it be. Yeah. And you see them tinkering with several songs, but not really making any progress. Paul's getting frustrated and impatient. And also, we gotta, it's worth mentioning that at this point, at this point, they uh, haven't toured since 1966 so yeah because they made an effort to stop touring just Mm -hmm. to make more music yes they were tired of uh going around the world traveling and uh they'd already done everything they were creatively stifled but at this point paul's like yeah we got to get back to live performance we got to get back to doing live shows and you can tell that the others just aren't really that into the idea now from the get-go because at this point, they've written enough songs for, like, what, 23 albums? Yeah. Yeah, and they're just not really into the whole Beatle thing anymore. But um, things really get to a head where George Harrison pretty much just fed up, walks out of the recording studio. Yeah, like, he quit the band and just walked home. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they're figuring out what they're going to do next, because they still have all this rehearsal space and stuff to do, but they're missing a key member. Yeah, and Paul McCartney's just over here in the corner thinking, man, in 50 years, people are going to think Yoko Ono sat on an amp and broke up the Beatles. Which really <laughs> did end up happening for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge myth for a while. Uh-huh. That Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles. This documentary proved otherwise. It really did. Someone yo- someone owed Yoko Ono an apology, but it's not us. Yeah. Someone does owe her an apology, though. But, um... So, what happens after this is they ended up taking a break from the sessions. The three Beatles go to George Harrison's house and basically say, Hey, what can we do to get you back in the band? So, his conditions are that they have to scrap the live show idea and that they have to uh, start rehearsing um, in their own studio, which is warm and familiar to them as opposed to working in a hangar. Yeah. And, crucial to this point, we really have to mention Billy Preston. He showed up after they moved to Apple Studios, though. He did. Yeah. So we have to get to Apple Studios, where they worked on getting the equipment right, Mm -hmm. including hot-wiring George Harrison's 4-mixer set to make this huge 8-mixer set. It's crazy what technology they had to work with then. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But yeah, uh, George Harrison's state-of-the-art equipment comes in, they get everything set up, and all of a sudden... Billy Preston comes in. Uh, Billy Preston knew the band from a long time ago, back in their early touring years when they toured Germany. He was the keyboard player for Little Richard. And he was the session musician 
who really did the keyboards and really tied everything in together. He, like, most of the songs didn't really fully form until he showed up. Mm-hmm. And you can see how just having an extra member or extra person to hang out with, jam with, really energizes the band, and they start really getting into it again. And they start really thinking, hey, maybe Billy Preston could be the fifth Beatle. Yes, until Paul McCartney says, no, it's bad enough with four people. I can't imagine what five <laughs> would be like. Better give Dylan a call. Yep. So, they end up scrapping the idea of doing a live show, but... Or rather, a big concert hall. But they decide, what if we go on the roof and perform? Yeah. They're like, you know what? We'll just, instead of going somewhere far away, we'll just bring all our equipment up to the roof and we'll play for everybody. And that's pretty much just part three right there. Yes. After them hammering the songs out for about a solid two and a half hours, Mm -hmm. they finally get everything they need. They got all the recording ready, set, go to the roof. Although, before we get to the last part, which is the most interesting, I feel like we do have to give a small disclaimer. If you watch this, you are going to have to endure a few minutes of Yoko Ono screeching into a microphone. Like, I legit texted Jimmy at the end of part one. like, hey, I just made it through part one. I didn't think I heard Yoko Ono mention a single word. (laughs) Then, two minutes later, we're sorry for your ears, but... I'm just like, oh, God, it's here. <laughs> and man, like, yeah, you like, I'm like, does no one else notice that this is happening? Like, I would just be in the corner looking at Yoko like, what? <laughs> but they're, uh, they're all acting like it's normal. And, uh, especially John Lennon, he knows it's normal. Oh, yeah. He's like, this is my wife. And everyone's like, why, John? <laughs> but here's the thing, though. I know, like, in the, on YouTube, you can find a video of Yoko Ono, quote-unquote, singing at a museum, where it's pretty much just screeching, orgasm noises, yelling into a mic, and a crowd of people, of like 30, 50 people, they're all just like, yeah, go Yoko, go Yoko. That's hot. Yeah. So At this uh, point, she's like a tiny little 80-year-old lady. That's real hot. (laughs) So, they've scrapped the idea of uh, performing this huge show, and they decide, you know what? Screw it. We'll just play in front of our friends and play on the rooftop for the neighborhood, basically. And this is where things get interesting, because, of course, they didn't pull any permits or talk with the city or anything. They just decided to crank up the volume, and they actually start performing for the first time in three years on the rooftop of their recording studio. Honestly, though, who's going to tell the Beatles no? Exactly. That's why it's it, it really is hilarious to watch, because these police guys come bumbling in going... What is going on? Christ, I can hear that for miles. We've already gotten 30 complaints. The best thing about the documentary, they had cameras everywhere. They had people on the ground. Hidden cameras, too. They had people getting reactions off random people. Like, hey, do you know who this is? It's the Beatles, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a new album. What do you think of it? I actually quite like it. Yes. It's too loud. It woke me up from my nap. Oh, yeah. The one old lady that was PO'd that she got woken up. I'm like, dude, it's in the middle of the day. It's at least one o'clock. Yeah, for, for real. So, but, on this lucky, windy day, the people of London got to enjoy a 41-minute free Beatles concert. Yes. And uh, it, it's interesting. Up to the final minute, you're not sure, like, are the police just going to rip them right off of the, their equipment and be like, stop playing? And they end up basically playing until they're like, oh, they're going to arrest us if we keep playing. So they're like... Okay, we'll call it good here. 
At one point, someone unplugged George Harrison's amp, and George Harrison heard like, what the fuck are you doing, mate? Put it back in. And then he puts it back in and cranks it back up. That's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> you could tell that they enjoy being up there. You could tell mm-hmm. the love and connection, especially between John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Yeah. As they Despite other, all of their differences, they're in that moment, they're like, yeah. In that yes. moment, you could see why the Beatles are there. They're together. Yes. Then you have Billy Preston just hiding off in the corner doing keyboards. Mm-hmm. Which we should also mention, after this, uh, he went on to uh, tour with several people, including his own backing band, but he also performed with the Rolling Stones afterwards, so he had quite the career. Oh, yeah, he was a pretty talented musician on his own right. Oh, yeah. It was fun watching the clip of him being amazed by that electric stylophone. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure out what the heck that thing was. I was like, that is so cool. Like, like, that's even cool today. Yeah. Right? It's probably priceless now and hadn't been made in 30 years, so they're probably really expensive. Or you can find, like, an app version on your phone and be like, ding, 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 ding. (laughs) No one's going to know what we're talking about. Exactly. Unless they've seen the documentary. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, as a Beatles fan, and if you are a Beatles fan, this is a must-see. If you're just a casual fan, still quite enjoyable. Is there anyone you wouldn't? recommend this to or anyone who doesn't like the beatles right who doesn't like the beatles if you don't like the beatles you're wrong i'm sorry if you don't like the beatles that's probably because you're too young or you're not happy enough you have to be really young to not like the beatles you know yeah because this is an older band it was 60 years ago 50 60 yeah 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 Yeah. it's been a few decades all right yeah for sure hell around the same time vietnam was a war yes vietnam was going on during this time yeah but um, it's but, interesting reading some of the comments from the surviving members like Ringo. He's saying, I'm so glad they put this out because even I was believing that those last recording sessions were miserable and it's nice to see us all having a good time and enjoying each other again. Yeah, back when they were making the actual movie for it, mm-hmm. the director was getting all these notes like, hey, cut this, cut this, cut this out. He basically painted them in a different light that wasn't true. Like, everyone thought that these sessions were depressing and they couldn't stand each other and there was a lot of fighting going on but there really wasn't there was more happy moments than sad moments but when peter jackson put together the final eight hour cut sent it off Mm -hmm. to all the remaining beatles just he didn't get any notes back they were like yes we're happy with how this is we're happy with how this portrays us let's go let's release this yes so even from a historical standpoint, like if you're a history buff or a historian, it's worth seeing because you are witnessing history. This was a solid eight-hour event. Mm-hmm. And we keep saying eight hours a lot because it's true. This is a long thing. This it is, is a long part part, Three parts, but each part is about two and a half hours. It takes dedication just to watch this. Oh, yeah. Very much so. It took me a few days. All like, in all. Because I, I had to work, too. I mean, I had to don't. literally do this one... At a time yeah. per day. Mm-hmm. Very nice on your dedication there. But yeah, um, do you have anything you would like to add? No, it was pretty solid. Yes, very much so. And uh, I never thought I would have a Disney Plus subscription, but here I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time we're going to have to do the Marvel TV shows. Oh, God. We got to do Loki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As well as Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Maybe the Beatles rock band game? Yes. 
We sh- we definitely should. And didn't you say that the guitars are more, or the disc is more money than the guitar, or the other way no, around? No, the disc is like three, six, ten dollars, but the instruments are at least a hundred, hundred twenty. Jeez. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. We'll do that one later because <laughs> I don't have the money for that right now. <laughs> right, we're gonna source all these old instruments. Or if you would like to donate. We will be uh, making a Patreon for ourselves pretty soon in the near future. Hell, maybe by the time this comes out, it will already be set up. Right? That is highly unlikely, but maybe. And we also have merch on Threadless. We have uh, COVID masks. We have banners. We have uh, bandanas. T-shirts. 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 Hoodies. Band-aids. Maybe not yet. Band-aids. Play cube toilet paper. But if you can find us on all the social medias... Mostly Facebook, Instagram, sometimes Twitter, sometimes YouTube, sometimes OnlyFans, <laughs> sometimes anything. Yes. But until next time, I was Chase. I'm Jimmy. And this was the PlayCube Gamecast. We will see you soon. Goodbye.